This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 570. It is November 16th, 2022, as we record this, the heart of of the big fall game season. We've got some fall games to talk about. Uh, real quick, IGN.com slash rewards. Just go there, please. You'd be doing me a solid. Make my bosses happy. Do that. Uh, we've got a bunch of cool perks and things for you at the free or paid tier. So hit that. Uh, but let's get to, let's just get to the, some fun stuff. And I want to start by welcoming not just our usual friends, Miranda Hi. Sanchez. Hi, hello. And Destin Legary. Bam. But also a new friend. Welcome, JG, from the Gaming Illuminati podcast. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, it's definitely been a journey. Not too long. Not too long to finally, you know, get to speak to you and everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, Miranda. Hello, Destin. Uh, nice to meet you. Um, but this is going to be fun. I have been podcasting pretty much since 2013. Uh, me and my crew to Gaming Illuminati. And uh, it's definitely an honor to be on the panel with you all today. Well, you came highly recommended from a mutual friend. So I was like, sure, I'll, yeah, I'm always happy to have awesome, fresh new faces on Unlocked. You know, give us a little bit of your Xbox history. What are some of your favorite Xbox games over the years? What's your favorite Xbox console? Give us the, the uh, elevator version. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so my fondest memory of Xbox, I remember when it first came out, Toys R Us had the demo. And uh, they have Fusion Frenzy and yeah. Oddworld on it. Yeah, Fusion <laughs> Frenzy was my jam. I love Fusion Thank you. Frenzy. Thank you, DJ. <laughs> yes, or JG, yes. sorry. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but so, but Halo was was obviously the the main one. I think uh, you know at first when I was playing Xbox, I was like, this controller is bulky. But then they came out with the smaller version, so I was cool with that. Um, but just doing co op on Halo was you know that was that was a step above uh, none under. But Halo Two. Halo 2 was my very first introduction playing anything online multiplayer because I didn't own a computer back then. Yeah. And that was, oh my God, blew my mind. And I think ever since then, I would just pretty much, I, I want to play everything online. I want to play all the online multiplayer games. Uh, but I never owned the Xbox. I always used to play it on my friend's house. But Xbox 360, the college days, playing Halo 3, uh, playing Gears 1, 2, 3, like uh, just, just those memories I think will always just stick with me because like the Xbox Live party chat, just playing with your friends all day and night. Like I used to be a like really hardcore person on Halo 3. It, you can ask anybody like that was, oh my God, like I spent a lot of hours, like wasted a lot of hours. That's probably why I didn't do so good. <laughs> <laughs> was it a waste was or was it, um, you know, just, just like researching and building? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I see. I mean, <laughs> I'm here now, so yeah, exactly. I guess I continue playing games. So, um, but yeah, so I, I continue to play Xbox 360. That was uh, by far my favorite Xbox console. Well stated. Yeah, in fact, uh, it's the 16th today. Yesterday was the 21st anniversary of Halo 1, since, of course, it shipped alongside the original Xbox back on November 15th of 2001. And just last week, uh, Halo 2 is old enough to vote. It's 18. Halo 2 turned 18 last week, and I'm right there with you. So many, so many great Halo memories, um, and 
We're gonna we're gonna make some oh. more. Destin, you've been you've been uh, futzing around with Forge in Halo Infinite. Speaking of building Halo memories, literally building yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot of fun. So I was putting calls out on social media, and that YouTuber I really like, Mint Blitz, has a huge community. You basically hop into the Discord, and they just take you on a tour through like all the maps. I played Paintball. I played on the bridge. I played the remake of. Uh, blood gulch called coagulation from a user nice it, it's really really fun somebody even made the uh pc only map that uh i suppose gearbox would have made at the time which one uh i don't know it was one of the exclusive maps that were only ever released on pc for halo one well it's in the master chief collection they're all in the uh, master well, chief collection it's one of the bigger ones i don't know yeah, the yeah. name of it off uh of infinity is the giant figure eight i think that's it i Maybe. love that map i don't know but anyway I'm uh, putting Destin on the spot that. today. I know Blood Gulch and Beaver Creek. By the way, like, Coagulation's the yeah. name of Blood Gulch and Halo 2. So yeah, well, I'm, I'm just you, I'm twisting like, the screws on Destin today. <laughs> well, Ryan, you actually, Forge won't let you name it uh, Blood Gulch. So oh, they really? Name it Coagulation because of that reason. Oh, wow. So, yeah. But anyway, uh, <laughs> lots of really innovative, interesting stuff happening in the Forge community. Uh, it's going to be really great once they open it up and allow you to uh, browse custom games and just access it that way. Because yeah. right now you need to have like this sort of uh, convoluted system where you join a Discord and then and then hang out with people. But uh, the community over there was great. Thank you for hosting me and uh, uh, playing some of the cool new maps with me. That was that was fun to do. Um, highly recommend you check it out. The the Ford system is, is is quite powerful. A lot of interesting stuff you can do with it. Or if you're watching this on video, you're seeing some of that yeah. in action right now. And oh Miranda, Miranda's jaw is hanging open at this uh, at this particular example. It's just of... a massive front. <laughs> I love it. Next to a regular yeah. tiny yeah, front. Yeah, just a tiny. It's like full scale. <laughs> the community also really appreciated that we asked three four three about couch co op in the live stream. So Stella asked that question last week and they were really candid about you know it's at like 80 percent, but they get to 100 would be just like this massive investment and they have to do stuff like build forge <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah who knows if it ever ends up coming into the game but i we did appreciate the direct nature of their their commentary it was, it was well hopefully we'll have more fun halo news and and topics to talk about in the uh in the coming weeks here Speaking of fun new Xbox games, I want to talk about two of them real quick, uh, a quick pre-show survey. I've, I'm the only one that's had a chance to play these two, so I'll just breeze through these real fast. And it's no, no, uh, no, no disrespect to every, anybody else here because it's that time of year where yeah. we, are, we have the great privilege of drowning in all the big fall games, and we all have work to do around those games. Miranda's writing the guide for God of War Ragnarok. I'm helping. I'm, I'm, I mean, it's a large team <laughs> yeah. effort. On it. it's, it's, it's quite yeah. a few people on it. Um, I also made the silly but important decision to move, so uh, <laughs> it's been very hectic. <laughs> so the two games I want to talk about real quick are both Xbox exclusives, in fact, that dropped on the technically the same day, I believe. They both came out. Mm -hmm officially yesterday the first is somerville which i did personally review this comes from uh well the executive producer of limbo and inside was on the team for this dino patty and uh the game is somerville again and it's it's definitely it's a play dead ish kind of game uh you are walking through it, there's no dialogue it's all visual storytelling 
you're you're sort of watching this mystery unfold as you move through the game and and uh solve the puzzles is it scary no okay there, no it's it's not scary is it stressful like that one moment when you go under the water and there's a scary mermaid thing no okay i, I would not i don't <laughs> okay. I, I wouldn't say there was any like anything oh. quite like that in this one but uh, I so I went in with really high hopes for this because of that pedigree. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just this is my kind of game. Like, I love Limbo. Obviously, I love Inside. I gave it a 10 for IGN, uh, which I stand by to this day. Didn't quite love this. I do like it a good bit, though. I gave it a seven. Feel free to check out my review on IGN or on IGN or excuse me, YouTube.com slash IGN. You can watch the video review. It's it's spoiler free. Uh, at least as spoiler-free as it possibly can be, but uh, still worth checking out. It's. I saw a lot of other... I was just sort of seeing what other uh, outlets were scoring it, and it, it was mostly sevens and eights for this one. Mm. And some people saying, oh, you know, five hours, six hours. It took me a little under four. Oh, wow. And I don't f I feel like I rushed through. I mean, you can't really rush through a game like this because you can't really run. It's not like you can just literally sprint through. But in any case, it's on Game Pass. It's, you know, you can do it in one or two sittings. And it is, there's a lot to like about this game. And I, I won't ruin any uh, sort of the story bits for you. So check that out. So a game I like, but I'd hoped to really love. And a game that, I'll be honest, I, I was going to just check out and had no no real intention of digging into but the reviews were so good that now i am st i started it uh, really seriously last night and that's pentiment ign gave pentiment from obsidian and their uh, renowned narrative director josh sawyer and a small team at obsidian put this game together this game got a 10 on IGN, and we were not the only outlet to give it a 10. It was all 9s and 10s for this yeah. game, for the most part. And it is a, a, a incredibly written, choice-driven murder mystery. Uh, I'm only probably an hour into it, and our reviewer, Leanna Hafer, said it's about 15 to 20 hours. There's lots of choice involved. You can see it's it's all completely, it's set in medieval France, I believe it is. Uh, and it's, it's, you can see that visually it's, it's looks like a, a manuscript from that time. And so I have Sawyer to say, actually, go ahead, Destin. No, please. Sawyer, Sawyer actually just said recently that I never would have proposed making Pentiment without Game Pass. Like I literally just wouldn't have done it. I just don't think it would have been possible. So Game right. Pass is actually the reason this game. Wow. Well, and and I'll I'll agree with him. And I don't want the Xbox community to take this as a, as a slant, but I I agree with him because, quite frankly, I don't think this game would sell if it was just a box game or even a digital download. And it's not a. I don't say that because of the of any lack of quality. Obviously, the reviews no. speak for themselves. It's just it's so. Uh, Niche. I mean, niche isn't a bad word. No. Right? no. Yeah. It's, it is. You're, you're it getting... is. There's nothing else really like this game. Right. You're getting into a time period that's already a lot weird for a lot of people. Like, unless it's like a Monty Python or other <laughs> right. other right. sort of like goofy <laughs> play on this era, it's really hard, I think, to sell it as like an interesting point. And I think we do see some video games with like fantasy twists set in this time period that are interesting. But just this with murder mystery, it's like, oh, okay, but. Yeah, that's a lot of reading, and it's like, 
old English and just, uh, I don't know, but, but you can give it a try. And obviously I think, you know, yeah. giving Game Pass that opportunity for everyone to try and see if they actually do like it or not is, is such a great point. Yeah. So it's, it is, it's a, it's an ideal Game Pass game because you, there's no risk of taking a chance on it, right? It's not right. like you'll, you'll be out $30 if you don't like this game. And just this year we got Tunic, right? Maybe yep. Partially because of Game Pass. Now we have Pentiment. Uh, immortality also hit game pass so development was uh, subsidized likely or there was some sort of financial agreement to make that game possible and that's up to game of the year um it's it's just great to see that we're getting experimental things yes. because of game pass it's 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 great to see that's that's exactly what i would hope would have happened and it's it's coming to fruition now the metacritic on this by the way if you're curious i'm i'm not the biggest metacritic fan because i don't think it's that awesome to just lump all the reviews it's together the into average. one number and like that's the game but yeah uh, it, it does have an 86 which gives you an idea of of how many critics really really like this game so again yeah hey, do people check like it out. seeing numbers people like seeing yeah, numbers so well, that's, that's just what they go after yeah i mean you're absolutely right jg we we get asked a lot like oh why don't you know People always whine over review score. Why don't you just guys just get rid of you of the review scores? And it's exactly for the reason you said. It's people love them. We, if we our traffic would probably go down if we did not have a score that you could scroll down to. That's just that's just the reality of of uh, criticism it's, in in the uh, internet age. Reader service also there's a there's an aspect of readability and yeah. ease of ease of understanding. You can we can squabble about how too many things to go to seven and how like the scale is really five to ten. But at the end of the day, if you see a game that gets a three, you're probably not going to spend your money on it, and that's yeah. a better reader service than you know no score at all. I agree. Thank yeah. You. I agree. So check out Pentiment. If you have not, if this has not been on your radar at all, like sure at this point we've all heard about it. Oh, it's yeah, okay, oh, cool, it's Obsidian and they're we love them. They're one of the X, you know, the new stars of the Xbox family, but oh, it's like a medieval, like eh. put it on your radar now. Just yeah, try it. Try. It's on Game Pass. Have a go. I will and say you might like it. There are so many things to give a go and just try a Game Pass right now. Like one that I really want to download is Signalis. Um, I've heard like a lot of really good things. It's like a survival horror, spooky, but the art's really pretty. And so that's just one other thing that I want to try. Like that's that's the problem too. It's like, I just want to try all these things, put them all in my mm -hmm. cart because I technically already paid for it all. So I can just play it whenever. Mm -hmm. But then also I'm like, oh, I still got to finish Tinykin. Oh, I've got to play this new Genshin event. And then it's like, that's too much, but it's like the best Gaming feeling too. overload exactly. is what you're experiencing right now. Um, it's so funny because I'm, I'm definitely been seeing more and more studios, like even smaller studios come out and say, hey, Hey, this game is on Game Pass, and we've seen so many people try it out, and therefore our sales went up. You mm -hmm. know, we've seen a lot of studios hit a million, you know, downloads, a million people, mm -hmm. you know, getting the game and purchasing it. So obviously, Microsoft is doing a good thing with a lot of these games that a lot of people probably wouldn't normally get a chance to play, like this. Uh, JJ, a quick question for you: Do you have any games that you've played on Game Pass that you've just like discovered through it recently, or just the past year or so? Actually, no, but I think the last game that I did download was a uh, Plague Sale. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. so I, I downloaded that. 
Um, but no, I haven't really went to the browse section because I'm pretty much just a straight shooter unless someone recommends the game to me. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, hey, like, all right, this game is coming out on the calendar. This game is coming out on the calendar. I'll try it out. But other than that, no, I, I typically am not a browser. It, it, funny thing, I actually was opposed to the game pass because i'm typically a person that you know i, I get the privilege to get a lot of AAA games for free so mm. you know usually when those come around i prioritize those first or if i'm actually interested in a game and i don't you know get the hookup then i'll just buy it myself but um i have seen the value in it you know in those rare times that you know i don't get a game but they're like hey it's on game pass i'm like okay i don't have to spend 60 <laughs> 70 now so why don't i just get it <laughs> like it works for me and I'm glad that it's on PC because if it if it wasn't, then you know obviously wouldn't would it have it. So like tails like tails up for noms also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's pass. one you got to pay what sixty or seventy bucks for that if you're a PlayStation owner, right? And you just download it on if you're if you've got an Xbox or PC with Game Pass, so can't beat that. Uh, so yeah, Somerville and no, you know again no no sort of big there is no God of War caliber title for Xbox this year. We've been over it a million times, but hey, right on Game Pass is 15 to 20 hours of Pentiment that's getting got a 10 from IGN and four hours of uh, of Somerville, which is which is certainly worth a look as well. So enjoy those. You're probably all aware of the Callisto Protocol, the survival horror game coming to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC platforms on December 2nd. And if you want to delve into this universe early, you should check out Helix Station. It's a Callisto Protocol narrative companion podcast that stars Gwendolyn Christie and Michael Ironside. Yes, Sam Fisher himself. IGN is publishing and distributing Helix Station in partnership with Striking Distance Studios. In episode two, Percy Kane and company tracked an escaped prisoner to Helix Station, a deep space outpost that's been abandoned for 20 years. Something terrible clearly happened there, and it looks like things are only going to get worse. Here's a sample of episode three. What are we looking at? What is this thing? That mouth could devour a small child in one bite. It's disgusting. No one said nothing about a Frankenstein monster in a box. Everybody, just calm down. Calm down? It's got tentacles sticking out of its back. What aren't you two telling us? We're here to secure your fugitive, so why is this thing here frozen in ice? Listen, Percy, (laughs) you got the same information as us. Doesn't feel like it. Someone better start talking, and fast. I don't like being left out of the loop. Out of the loop? (laughs) Remember, you're just here to be our guide dog. A guide dog? That's right. And I'm the one holding the leash. So I suggest you don't go sticking your nose where it don't belong. Careful. This old guide dog bites. And she doesn't like being lied to. Hear that? It came from the cockpit. Go on, Metzger. Lead the way. Oh, I will. I'm not shy. Where'd they go? Come on out. We know you're in here. We're not gonna hurt you. That is, unless you make us. Percy, closet. Yeah. Okay. Don't touch the door, Percy. How about we break the glass on the fire axe and hack our way in? Could be something in there. 
Oh, I know there's something in there. And whatever is behind that door has from the count of three to open up. Or it's getting a few leaks. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Careful now. Could be one of those frozen things. I say we just paint the door red and find out after. One. This is your last chance. Kane here ain't too good at counting. Two. That was a sample of episode three of Helix Station, a Callisto Protocol companion podcast leading up to the release of the game on December 2nd. The first three episodes are out now and new ones air every Thursday. Find them wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I want to move to our headline topic this week. This is uh, this one. The more the longer I sit with this, the more it just continues to sadden me because uh, obviously I did not know this person and none of us did, but we know his work. Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman for an entire generation for everyone on this podcast, probably for just about everyone listening to or watching this podcast. He was the voice of Batman across multiple animated series, starting with, of course, Batman, the animated series. And then in video games with the Arkham games, uh, the Arkham trilogy, the, the main Rocksteady trilogy, he passed away uh, this past week at just 66 years old. And I wanted to talk about him and his, specifically his contribution to video games because I think it's, it's actually very significant. Um, JG, you'll remember before Arkham, before the Batman Arkham Asylum came along, Licensed video games, games based on a licensed movie TV show, were mostly a joke. You remember those days? Yeah, the only good one before Batman was arguably Spider-Man 2. And yeah. that's the only one that, that you can really mention. Everything else, everybody mentions how bad Superman was. Right. Everybody mentions how bad. Well, the Chronicles of Riddick was kind of mad. Like, it depends on who you ask. But, you know, a lot of people would say that it wasn't as good. So It was like, great. Blasphemy. Yeah, yeah I'd go to bat for yeah, Riddick. But, but yeah. except, except the Riddick movie sucked. Pitch, pitch Black <laughs> yeah, yeah, was yeah. good. The Riddick movie sucked, and then the game was a was, in my opinion, amazing. But no, you're absolutely right. You yeah, you mentioned some classic examples uh, of, of <laughs> Superman being being exceptionally bad. That was uh, boy, I remember when that came out. That was I remember looking at it on 360 because it was it shipped right around the time, right about I think it was fall of 05, at, right when the tra generational transition was happening, and there were like there was like no texture detail on the 360. It was it was hideous to look at as you would fly up to buildings but uh so that's the point is licensed video games were these generally speaking not that the people working on them didn't put in a legitimate effort but they were often not given big budgets they were often not given a lot of time these were quick cash-ins by these publishers to just make some money off of the name uh and that's generally how licensed video games were until Rocksteady comes along and from a gameplay perspective cracks the code on how to make an amazing, not just a good, not just a, a competent, an amazing AAA licensed video game. And so they, of course, deserve the lion's share of the credit for that game. But I am of the uh, strong opinion that getting Kevin Conroy to voice Batman and Bruce Wayne in Batman Arkham Asylum helped legitimize that game every bit as much as the gameplay did. 
because you have suddenly, you know, if they just if they'd have just cast they cast Troy Baker. Troy's very talented, but Troy doesn't. We don't. He's not Troy like did it, Origins, didn't he? Right later, uh, he well he yeah. played the Joker, I believe, okay. in in Origins. Yeah, they, they used somebody else in Origins, I believe. They I did. Yes, because he was it was a younger Batman, but uh, and I don't know if Kevin didn't want to do it or whatever it was, but. But in any case, Roger Craig Smith. Thank you. Yes, who's uh, an excellent voice actor uh, of his own. He does Sonic, right? I believe. I believe uh, he's Sonic. Anyway, uh, but Kevin, getting Kevin to do to be Batman and just sort of you know it made it instantly familiar, instantly good <laughs> as you start playing this game, and then the gameplay is amazing, and you're like, well, wait a second, this is this is like the whole package here. So. Uh, Destin, let me go to you. Your, your memories of when of of Asylum when it first came out, and specifically yeah. of Kevin Conroy's contribution to that game and to to superhero video games as a whole because of it. It was a, it was a huge selling point having Kevin Conroy on your list of characters and Mark Hamill reprising his role from the the um, animated series, the the Batman animated series that was so popular was huge for this game. I think it gave it an added weight. It got the full backing of, I believe it was published by WB, right, right? Yes, who later, yeah, just, so. the, the game was so good, w, uh, WB straight up bought Rocksteady. <laughs> like, we're, we're gonna need to hang on to you guys. <laughs> and, and separately, due to the success of that property, WB has really done an amazing job with superhero properties throughout the years. It, it was great to see that the the designers got to Create what they wanted to create, and they had this phenomenal voice cast to back it up, including Kevin Conroy. And I, I don't think there's, if I hear anybody else but Kevin Conroy when voicing Batman, it's just, it's strange to me because I yeah. associate him as that voice, and I have for so long. It's, it's going to be a little sad, you know, not to hear him in, in future, in future uh, properties. I believe. He, uh, I believe he had a, he was battling cancer for a very long time, and um, yeah, unfortunately. JG, did you grow up uh, with with Mr. Conroy and Batman the animated series and the the shows that followed? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I I like how you know the next generation after me they ended up memeing the uh, Batman animated series uh, after that. So I, I used to see a lot of memes. I'm like, oh man, like it gave me some some actual like really good memories of the show. But yeah, I definitely grew up on on that watching those on on Saturdays. So just the um, the animated uh, superhero shows, periods. And uh, back then, of course, you know, I didn't really think about who voiced who. Yeah. But, you know, the familiarity as you get older and you're like, oh, like, I recognize that voice. Who is that? Who reprises that role? And then you want to look it up and then you're like, oh, well, this person also did this person and this person and this person. And then you just realize how much of a legend like some of the people who we grew up with are, you know, doing voice talents um, and, you know, some of uh, our favorite anime and cartoons and video games. And it just really makes you think. And, uh, you know, we we really did lose a, a good one. But, uh, you know, R.P. Kevin Conroy, and uh, it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough, you know, for the future Batman or just DC games, period, um, you know, that that they ended up getting someone to um, to voice a Batman again. Um, it's definitely going to be a little weird, and I, I can see why, you know, people 
feel the way that they feel about, you know, this particular role and this, uh, this loss that we you know, experienced. Miranda, your memories of Arkham Asylum and the Arkham series with Mr. Conroy. Uh, so celebrity deaths and things, you know, death happens, right? And it's, it's usually, I'm like, oh man, that's really sad. Like that sucks. Um, there are very few people who passed that like really impact me. And this is one where I just woke up and just started just crying a bunch. Um, Kevin Conroy like is, is Batman to me. Like he's, Batman was so, so important to me as a kid. And the animated series just meant a lot to me and still does mean a lot to me. And so him passing just has been really tough. And I've just kind of just like kind of left it there. And so us talking about it on the show, if you see me just like tearing up, it's just, it comes in waves. Um, but whenever I got to play Arkham, because I played it way after it came out, because I just didn't have time for it when it first released, um, it just felt it felt so right. And not only that is, of course, a phenomenal Batman series, but that also it's it's Batman. Like it's it's actually it's Kevin Conroy. It's the real him. Batman. Yeah, it's it's and like I love the movies and stuff, but the animated things just do so much for that entire series and like for those comics and for the Batman story and Kevin Conroy's Batman, which I know he's played many, um, but the animated series Batman's always been like my foundation for what Batman is, his values and who he is and what he stands for. And so having him reprise that role in Arkham just made it feel like the continuation of that story in a very fundamental way for me yeah. as like an adult. It's like, oh, well you had this when you were a kid, but now that you're an adult, you have this now too. Um, and so it just really meant a lot to me whenever I got in, it just felt right. Um, and so of course seeing him pass, has been just really, really hard. And and it's, you know, uh, you kind of lead me to my next point about how great Kevin was. It This, he, he it was still, he still just did such an amazing job, even though, the Arkham Batman is a decided. It is decidedly darker oh, yeah. than than any of the animated stuff. Not that I mean, there were some heavy episodes uh, over the years, but <laughs> but I mean, it is darker. It is more violent than the Batman that that Kevin had had played in the animated shows. I mean, you know, it's not that there was profanity, but there was some. I mean, the the st stuff that we was doing with the Joker and yeah. with Mark Hamill, you know, it got real dark and he still, it's just the guy had such a gravitas to the performance on both the Bruce Wayne and Batman side. Now, granted, we didn't get to hear, he was mostly Batman in yeah. the, in the video games. Cause it's generally not super fun to play as Bruce Wayne, but time to go to a party. Yeah. Well, all right. yeah. But yeah, but he just, it was just he he still was the exact right person for the role uh i mean i remember having because i i'm of the the exact right age to have grown up with with batman the animated series and um because as, as i recall i i probably should have looked this up beforehand but i think animated series started like a few years after the so would have been i think early 90s like a few years after the the tim burton movie which I mean, I, I, I've always loved Batman. He's always been my favorite. I watched the Adam West Batman episodes on Nick at Night reruns as a kid. And then the Tim Burton 1989 Batman, like, was my favorite movie ever for a long time. I loved that movie. I'd run around the backyard pretending to be Batman. And then you know, Batman Returns was in there. And then the animated series hit. Uh, and it was, I, so I was just 
primed and ready to love that show. And it was so good. And he was so good. And one of the quotes that I, I wish I knew if it applied to the Arkham games, I'm going to assume it does, but I, I don't know for sure. There was a quote I saw that went around uh, in the wake of Kevin's passing where Mark Hamill said I, that he wouldn't, if, if Kevin was on board, he didn't even read the script. He would just say yes, oh. because he knew he was going to be getting into it with his partner in crime and somebody who was an incredible talent. And so I don't know. I would love to know if that was the case. Um, I will, I will be totally honest with you guys. And I, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus here. I should have asked this earlier, but I tried to get Sefton Hill, the co-founder of Rocksteady on the podcast today, but I was an idiot and didn't, I didn't think of it till yesterday. And I didn't, you know, it didn't end up hearing back from, from WB. Cause I just, I really wanted to talk to him. Now he's he's leaving the studio, but that that's not what we'd be talking about. I really just wanted to ask him about casting Kevin and casting Mark as well on the on the on basically on Kevin's back. Um, but yeah, what a what a contribution that he made to those games, which were so good, and thus to you know superhero video gaming has has. Uh, as you guys pointed out earlier, has just been elevated in the in the wake of of the Arkham series, and it's just it's so cool. I mean, uh, I'll throw in one more because I I just I'm a big fan of Batman Beyond as well. We've yes! talked about X. We've talked about you know I I just got done complaining that we still don't have a, a Batman Beyond game and hoping that maybe Rocksteady moves to that after Suicide Squad comes out. I would scream. Like, if if we get, like, an E3 reveal, if we're all in a war room together, just just me and we're going to lose it. That would be a good one, it's, uh, although... It's it, going down. It would be a, a, a sad knowing that yeah. Kevin wouldn't be around for it, but that's... I would still want that project to happen at Rocksteady, regardless. Um, and maybe you can bring in... I, I mean, hey, they've got money. Bring in, bring in Michael Keaton to voice, <laughs> to voice old Bruce. Like, we'll keep that connection. But that could be cool. That would be cool. But, um, but yeah, I just remember when Batman, I, seeing Batman Beyond, I was like, wait a minute, this can't possibly work. This is wait, this is like a continuation of, of the animated series, and and it's and, and it's just Kevin again was so good as old yeah. old grouchy grumpy. Totally Theater. over it, Bruce Wayne, yeah, just... who then takes Terry under his wing. Oh, man, what a brilliant performer. We miss you, Kevin Conroy. Thank you for your contribution to some of the greatest video games. Not even You don't even need to put the superhero adjective. Some of the three of the greatest video games of the last 15 years, easily, uh, 15, 20 years. And we will, we will miss him. Um, and that's... All I wanted to say about it. We got some other news topics, though, this week before there's there's no real pivoting from that. But we'll move on here to uh, this just very strange news item that took me completely by surprise this week. Rockstar Games apparently turned down an Eminem led Grand Theft Auto movie. Games industry veteran Kirk Ewing, a friend of Rockstar co-founders Sam and Dan Hauser, told Bugsy Malone's Grandest Game podcast, as was written up in Eurogamer, that an L.A. producer once approached him with a $5 million offer to buy the rights to a Grand Theft Auto movie starring Eminem, 
with Top Gun director Tony Scott in the director's chair. Ewing and Sam had allegedly discussed the possibility of a movie adaptation or tie-in following the launch of GTA 3 in 2001, but when the offer for a Grand Theft Auto movie was eventually put on the table, the brothers declined the deal, telling Ewing that they were, quote, not interested in going down that route, and that's where the conversations ended. Quote, at that point, Ewing explained on the podcast, they withdrew from any conversation about making a film when they realized the media franchise they had was bigger than any movie that was going on at the time. Uh, JG, your reaction to that? The, the, just the prospect. Do you think that would have been any good? A Tony Scott-directed Grand Theft Auto movie starring Eminem? I mean, I'm more, like, caught on the Eminem part because I don't know if you all remember or, like, or fans of Eminem. I remember when he came out, like, 98, 99, right, with My Name Is. So this will be roughly two years, probably less than two years of his, like, rap career. Now, he blew up very, very quickly. I'm not going to, you know, take that away from him. He blew up tremendously. But to just go, like, two years into the game and you want to do a Grand Theft Auto movie already, I think that that's pretty crazy. I think if it would have been somebody else who had a longer tenure, this probably would have made more sense, but for Eminem to do it, I, I kind of wonder why why Eminem wanted to get in on this. I don't know if someone just kind of like pulled this chain and was like, hey, like you're blowing up right now. Let me just try to capitalize on your success immediately because I know that you're going to be a super huge megastar in the music industry. Um, that's what it's more sounding like. Um, but I, I don't know if this would have, I don't, I don't think this would have worked either way. And I'm kind of glad that Sam... Uh, was like, no, because, I mean, look what GTA 3 did. Like, I wanted to immediately get a PS2 just to play this. I used to play Me the too. original Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto 2, and when Grand Theft Auto 3 came out, that, again, it just uh, was another leap in the gaming industry for what you can do. Like, having that entire world in New York and the things that you could do, I mean, who cares that the main character was a mute? Like, you just wanted to run around and just do crazy things in Grand Theft Auto 3. So I'm glad that they did this, because who knows what this movie would have been like. And especially with, with Eminem, and again, if it was years later, okay. Um, because, I mean, 8 Mile came out, and, uh, you know, that was, you know, loosely, um, you know, based off Eminem's story. And Low-Key is one of my favorite movies. Um, but... To see him in Grand Theft Auto would have been a little weird. So I, I'm not sure about that one. But Rockstar, I think that they made the uh, the right decision on this one, especially that <laughs> early. Because let you see what happened now. <laughs> but on another note, I'm pretty sure that Rockstar is probably like, man, we're trending again. Like, can, can we just stop? <laughs> like, like, even though this is small news, I'm sure Rockstar is like, again? Like, can you stop talking about us? Yeah, we just want to work on GTA 6 in peace. But uh, yeah, Miranda, what, <laughs> the idea of a of a GTA movie with Eminem, Tony Scott directing, could that have been good? I mean, I looked at Tony Scott's IMDb real quick, and after that, I was kind of like, is well, he know he did a cop, Top Gun, and some other things, and that's kind of it. And it's it's sort of like a thing. Uh, I don't. I, I think one of the joys of GTA is getting to cause havoc and mayhem. And if you remove that agency, is it f cool? Is it fun? It's a very fair question. Is it? Are we? Are you just watching Heat at yeah. that the movie Heat at that yeah. point? I, I feel like so much of it is is you getting to have this playground and 
and and cause so much destruction on your own accord and like follow the plot lines but also i mean arguably that the story can be fun i mean my entry point was gta 5 just because i when i was younger my mom was like oh, no <laughs> and your mom was right by the way <laughs> you had yeah. a good parent yes yes they kept you away when i was a kid i remember i was at my cousin's house and he was like I want to show you this game. And then he went to a strip club and I was like, this game is not for me. I am a young girl. I need to get out of here. And I was just like, what? He was like around my age too. Cause it was just like that little thing where you're poking fun at somebody. And I was like, this isn't for me. And so it wasn't until GTA five that I got in. But I think that having gone back and played some of the older ones, like it, it just makes sense that you have to have that choice and that yeah. it's a game, right? It's, it's just perfect as a game and having it as a movie would just be kind of weird and maybe not fun. Like I think there are properties that make a lot of sense as movies or shows. Like honestly, Gears of War. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I missed that chat last yeah, week, but I, I had to go get a puppy, so yeah, I had a oh, I had a good reason for not I had being to here. Have a new apartment, so sorry. <laughs> Life changes, but you know, both of us just out and about doing our thing. But I think those are are uniquely suited to having such a good, interesting story that can be led and told through TV or movies. But when it comes to something like Grand Theft Auto, like there's already sort of heist movies that exist that I think do it really well. And trying to center around like GTA is just that in the name, right? Ultimately, you probably have to do a different story and stuff because what they tell in the games, I don't think would be as interesting yeah. in a movie. Destin, are you with Miranda here? Would this would this have uh, probably not been the best move? So Eminem's first album came out in 99, 99 96, right? Oh, that early? Wow. But uh, his, his the Slim Shady LP was 99. Okay. That's when he was like mainstream media popular. GTA 3's release date was 2001. So I, he probably had another album or two out, of, out by that point. So he had definitely established himself as a popular musician um i'm fine with them turning it down i really like what they did with gta 5 and how they've chosen to tell those stories in the video game medium as opposed to in the movie medium right video games allow you to be delivered a story and also feel like you're participating in watching that story unfold i actually really like this movie by the way that eight miles right great yeah well. Yeah, this is eight miles. So like he has the acting chops to do a GTA, but I like that the 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 duo decided to keep Grand Theft Auto in the video game universe and not in the movie universe. I don't know that we ever need a Grand Theft Auto movie. This could have been great. It could have been interesting to see what they did with it, but like really you're just talking about making a movie about stealing cars at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> like like you're gonna get a two hour experience. Grand Theft Auto games are like even the original is like eight hours, six to eight hours. Oh, that's if you GTA that's only 3. if you're mainlining it. I mean it's I spent forty the hours in the original sorry, Grand Theft Auto three. The the original, I mean GTA three, yeah, but like if you mainline it, it's like six, eight hours yeah. long and it's a silent protagonist, so um, yeah, I mean, just make a mob movie. You don't need to tie it to the Grand Theft Auto franchise just for names, the namesake. That's the yeah. thing is they just wanted the name. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's I'm yeah. with all of you because let's say how about this if, if, if like if we try to go back and look at an alternate history version if this had happened. Let's say the let's say a Grand Theft Auto movie comes out and it's really good. Well, okay, you have a really great Grand Theft Auto movie. 
But then does that influence the next Grand Theft Auto game in a way that ends up being detrimental to the game? Mm. Like, is there then like a Grand Theft Auto, the movie, the game? And is that what, you know? <laughs> oh, God. Like, and maybe Vice we don't City. get, you know, we don't get yeah. San Andreas. Like, you know, maybe we don't, the, the, the course of the series history and gaming changes. Maybe we don't get 8 Mile from M. Yeah. Uh, and and that's by the way that that the that soundtrack has his biggest I, what I believe is his biggest hit ever is that uh, um, lose yourself lose yourself yeah. is I think his his actual biggest hit so it, yeah it it could have it, it probably wouldn't have really ended well even if the movie was good in terms of for us for us as <laughs> as game players and uh, and movie watchers. But yeah, yeah I, it's funny I because uh, sorry, no, um, but Eight Mile came out like it literally came out in two thousand two, so it, it did come out a year later after after Grand Theft Auto. And I mean, like I say, he did pretty good. But this was loosely based off of his own life. And going back to Destiny's point, mm -hmm. like I think a lot of people forget like what the actual definition of Grand Theft Auto is. Like the actual crime. I, I, like we hear Grand Theft Auto, yeah. we think about the video game yeah. before the actual crime. But going to the root of it, it's still a car. So it's like, what could this movie have truly have? been on another note uh did anyone see the original 1977 grand theft auto movie no, no i didn't know that was yeah. a thing and I mean, now i might yeah, need to that watch is it the thing. <laughs> yeah that is totally a thing i haven't seen it but i remember looking back like one day i was like is there an actual grand theft auto movie and sure enough it is so <laughs> i might actually watch it now just out of curiosity so it was something that came out before rockstar actually started making you know the actual video games but who knows i i don't know where eminem oh look at our super been. producer red <laughs> here uh, there look it is, is. You got there was that ron is. howard yeah now we see this <laughs> So yes, there it is. Thank you, super producer. So now everyone wow. sees what oh it is. So, yeah, I mean, look at this movie. And then I mean this is 1977. So think about what it could have possibly been in, in 2001. Well, you and know. you know, JG, you you mentioning uh a movie that's about stealing cars. Like, so would the would the Rockstar Eminem GTA movie just be, have been gone in 60 seconds <laughs> except yeah, starring eminem instead of nicholas cage that's one of the best car car racing movies actually made i think which and and i'm and of course i'm re referencing the the nick cage version i'm pretty sure that's a remake i think there was an there was it an is. original right there was an older one from either the 60s yeah. or the 70s on that too well, so well, bullet's another favorite if we're talking about great car movies. that's true yes <laughs> drive yeah. Yeah, drive very good. Yeah, drive very, right, yeah. Baby driver, also yeah. great. <laughs> baby driver, I yeah. like baby driver. I, I love like baby too. driver. All right, um, um, yeah, M stood... <laughs> Go ahead, Destin. Eminem's. I just wanted to say, Eminem turned out to stand the test of time, also. So, like back then, when his big thing was the the Slim Shady LP, like some of his more modern stuff has has actually been quite good, also. Um, so, I I don't think it would have been like a product of its time in the way that eight mile like still seems relevant today about somebody struggling to get by and figure out uh how to survive in life and then ending up becoming hugely famous it's i gotta go watch eight mile again man <laughs> now is this i don't <laughs> yeah. remember that he was in the, that that was the interview right that was the clip from the interview i think so oh my goodness um all right let's do let me see here we've got a few minutes before we need to get to trivia let's talk a little cd project red 
from the no-duh department, but nevertheless worth passing along, CD Projekt Red has confirmed that its major Cyberpunk 2077 expansion pack titled Phantom Liberty will be paid DLC when it's released next year. Speaking to Games Radar, CD Projekt uh, Red's global PR director, Roddick Grabowski, said that while he couldn't yet confirm a price, the expansion wouldn't be more free DLC akin to the recent Edge Runners update. Though players familiar with CD Projekt Red may have expected as much, this is the first time the developer has explicitly confirmed that Phantom Liberty will cost money. Uh, of course, you know, you could, it was, it was fair to wonder, uh, as now I'm going to have to turn it over to Miranda because i got to fix this damn earpiece. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, I would hope, it's weird to say, I would hope it's paid. I know everyone's like, well, why would you want it paid? Because, because based on the Witcher 3 DLC, their paid DLC kicks ass. And that's what I want for Cyberpunk because I want more Cyberpunk. And I want it to be big. I want it to be expansive. We're getting Keanu back. So, of course, we're going to have to pay for it because uh, they had to pay him. So, you know, it's like one of those things where I would expect it to be a full-blown, like, story DLC package that we get to go and enjoy. So, I'm pretty excited for it. And I hope it's not too expensive. But if it is on the price series side, I expect it to be a very big expansion. I would 20, so. maybe 30, probably. I would say 30 max. 40 I don't see would doing. seem uh, probably a little, unless it's a really significantly sized. <laughs> if it's 40, I need like like half of Night City somewhere else. Well, yeah. Maybe not half, yeah, but like I, a third. 30 feels right. Yeah, 30 seems like it would probably be about what it is. Uh, Destin, have you, are, are, are you going to go back into into Night City with this, this expansion? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very excited about it. I did every other thing in Night City had to offer. Cleared out, even cleared out all the map of all like the little crimes and everything. Uh, got all the, I played on GOG, so good old games. I got all the achievements that weren't broken. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all the ones I was able to get. Uh, very excited to go back and see whatever story they're going to tell us. And I'll, I'm totally happy to, to pay for it because I played on PC and I really liked Cyberpunk. I, I liked it from the start. I did not like it on old consoles though. No one did. Uh, JG, yeah. do you play much Cyberpunk? Are you gonna you gonna jump in on this when it comes out? Yeah, I did play Cyberpunk when it first came out. I also played it on PC, and uh, I'm usually not one to go back for DLC or expansions, but they are telling this to be a pretty hefty one. So I'm definitely going to uh, re-download it and try this expansion when it comes out. I don't really care how much it, it will cost, but I think the 20, 20 to $30 would probably be the sweet spot for this one. But I'm excited to see what they have to look forward to because I think the CD Projekt Red has done a really good job of turning things around with this game. I remember how much hype it was getting. I think it, at, at that point, it was getting more hype than Elden Ring did before it, before that ended up coming out as well. Like, everybody was talking about Cyberpunk and just, uh, you know, for it to be, you know, a, a disappointment just because it was, you know, broken to all heck. Um, mm -hmm. And then they, you know, end up finally uh, getting a good turnaround with it and, you know, having people go back into Night City and then ultimately, um, you know, doing their whole timeline of things to come. I think this is going to be good. So I'm definitely going to uh, re-download it or get the expansion when it comes out. Yeah, uh, I'm with all of you. I'm going to jump into it as well. I still haven't finished the core original game. Um, I forget where I left off on PC, but... Yeah, I, I had the the privilege of of playing the version that worked. So now yeah. it, now it works even better. <laughs> yeah. Now, after many patches, even on PC. So um, you're, you're probably standing at the door, Ryan, where they said, "Okay, if you go through this door, that's it." 
<laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't quite remember where I left off, but I know I was building out a more like stealth. I like in in games like this, I oh. like to try and go stealth when I can and and build out my skills accordingly. They they reset all characters, so when you sign back in, you got to respec everything. That's fine. I don't mind starting oh, really? over at this point if I have <laughs> yeah. to. Okay. Uh, and then the final item I'll get to here in other CD Projekt Red news. Their uh, next-gen update of The Witcher 3 is, in fact, dropping this year. They had said by the end of the year, and they're just barely going to make it. December 14th is the day. Uh, they announced it on their official Twitter account. Is Now, this update only applies to the digital version of the game. A physical release will be announced later. And the upgrade is free to anybody who already owns the game. Anybody who bought the game previously includes dozens of visual performance and technical enhancements over the original. These include ray tracing support, faster loading times on consoles, as well as a variety of mods integrated into the experience, among many others. Miranda, would you go back to this behemoth of a video game? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time for that. <laughs> I don't blame. I mean, yeah, this is I. I didn't. I specifically didn't invest a lot of time in The Witcher Three to begin with, for that exact reason. I knew it was like 150 to 200 hours going in, and I was just like, I know I'll never see the end of this game. I'm gonna be quite honest, I'd rather go replay Dishonored. <laughs> like, that's I, fair. Not, not. I mean, I've made my opinion about Geralt clear before, <laughs> um, and there's just too many things to play. Like, we just got too much. Sorry. <laughs> Destin, where do you stand oh. on this? No, I mean, like, I would look at it from a technical perspective, but I have no interest in playing The Witcher any more than I have. Um, uh, it's just, it, it seems like a wonderful, great game, but I have so many other wonderful, great games on my list. And, uh, yeah, I feel like my window for being part of The Witcher conversation has passed, so... Yeah, I, personally, I'll be busy with High on Life on December fourteenth. Um, but JG, uh, did you did you dig into The Witcher or did uh, did its did its epic <laughs> quest time keep you away as well? Yeah, this was one of the games uh, I never played. Uh, I stayed clear away from The Witcher three. I tried The Witcher two for like an hour, and I just didn't get into it as much as I thought I would, but I'm probably going to get bullied into playing it by one of my friends. He's a huge <laughs> Project Red fan. He's a huge Witcher fan. So as soon as he heard about this, he's he's fully on board. So I'm sure he's going to play it and he's going to say, hey, JG, if I play this game, you got to play this. I'm already getting bullied to play the Mass Effect uh, <gasps> remake again. So oh. uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I started playing the first one and I didn't finish because some other games came out and I'm like, well, I'm not going to spend my time and continue playing these old games when there's some new games out. So I have to go back to it, you know, in some form or fashion whenever I find time. So we'll see. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to get bullied to play this one, too. Uh, sorry, JG, we're going to bully you to play Mass Effect as well. <laughs> Especially <laughs> Destin. You're yeah. between me go and Destin. Go back and finish it. Go so, back and finish it. Sorry. Sure. It's some of the most incredible character writing you will see in video games. Also, just but, phenomenal series overall. Please play. The first time I played through it, I did the same thing you did. I got to that middle part where you want to do all the side quest stuff and it gets a little overwhelming. Stop doing that. Just mainline it and finish it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I still get uh, made fun of to this day because I started playing Mass Effect 2 uh, maybe like four years ago because, again, I was bullied to play it. And uh, 
Garrett's pulled up and I had no idea who he was. I had literally no <laughs> oh, expression. No. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, do you know who that is, JG? I'm like, no. Who, like, is, is, is he important? And they were like, yes, he is the GOAT. He is one of the best characters. He's your in the game. best I'm like, friend. I, you like, you got to make some calibrations in your schedule, JG. That you yeah, get know, that right? reference if you knew Garrett. Yeah. So they, they got on my head. They still make fun of me for that. Aww. So I know, I know. I have to play it, but I did enjoy I actually played Andromeda before I played any of the other ones, like early. I know, I know. Honestly, that's not a bad way to do it. Start that's with a the 360 one that's, game, by the way. Start, start with the one that's maybe like the lowest of all three like it's, you don't have to say maybe i mean it's good it's good i'm gonna fine i'm gonna do it in order it's because a good I already played game. Mass Effect 1. yeah already already started mass effect one so i'm gonna I, i'll beat it eventually but yeah i did play andromeda because i actually like that gameplay a lot see um, yeah it's you know, good it, it, you know maybe not the story i know the i know for the you know hardcore in seven fan they you know they don't really like the story for andromeda and i understand but i like I the like gameplay it. in it that was one of the things that they enjoyed so, so yeah so i'll play it eventually though all right, so welcome. We've turned this into a, a Mass Effect stand <laughs> podcast. So welcome everybody. Three no, times we're... a year. That's that's my minimum requirement. It's, it's in his contract. Yeah, it's in yeah, Destin's yeah. contract for working here. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, a, a lot of people that are that have gotten hooked on the show on Netflix are probably going to jump on this, especially when the new season starts. Which I don't remember when that of the is. Witcher. Yeah, of the Not show. Yeah, the Witcher. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I think is sometime sure. next year, uh, or is it December? Now I got to look it up. Um, but yeah, The Witcher is coming back uh, pretty soon. Let's see. Season three is... Oh, it's next summer. Okay, so there's still some time. But yeah, this will be out. It'll be there for, for people that want to jump in uh, to the game who've never played the game because The Witcher 3 will be the one you want to dive into. All right. Let's do trivia before we get out of here. Yep. And uh, scrolling on down, here we go. This was a good one. I have to admit this stumped me because uh, I, in the era of the games that I'm about to mention, I used to read a lot of companion books for games. So here we go. Oliver in the UK asks the following Xbox trivia question. Which of these original Xbox exclusives did not have a tie-in novel? Was it Brute Force, Crimson Skies, Jade Empire, or Quantum Break? JG, you are our guest. I will go to you. No pressure. This is just for fun. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Brute Force. Okay. So no, no uh, tie-in novel for Brute Force. Destin, I'll go to you next. I'm going to say Quantum Break. Okay. D. Miranda, that leaves you. Shout out to Oliver because this is a fantastic question. This is good. He stumped have... me as well. I was going to say, when you're doing this, we have like a spicy one because it's, we're, there's a lot on the line right now. Yes, let me check the scoring um, while you contemplate your answer. I'm just going to be different. I have no idea. And I'm going to say Crimson Skies. Okay. That would have been my backup. All right. Yeah, Brute Force is my first. Miranda like, oh. and Stella tied with nine. Destin right there at eight points as we head into the stretch run here. And this week, we will not be putting any points on the board. Jade Empire? It was Jade Empire. Really? Which, yeah, what wow. do you think? Oh, okay. a, a big narrative Mark RPG. Dara yeah. <laughs> didn't write a book? It, of course, there must have been a tie-in. I and really thought there was going to be a tie-in Mass Effect, uh, or I guess Mass Effect came later, but um, yeah. No, there was no book novel tie-in for Dang it, Jade, Jade Empire. Empire. Go figure. <laughs> huh. 
so brute force had like it's it's interesting to see what games actually did have a tie-in though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brute force with that one. Yeah, brute that's that one I wonder what that's like that book because the game is uh, you know, it's okay. Maybe it's better. It's probably not aged very well. It was I remember we I think I overrated that for OXM. I think I remember somebody presented me my review at some point. And I was like, oh, really? That's what I gave it? <laughs> but not a bad game by any stretch. That brings us to the end of, uh, of Podcast Unlock episode 570. By the way, if anybody out there has a good Xbox trivia question, as Oliver did, please send it in and you might get read, you might get your question read on the show. You can email me, unlocked at IGN.com, include the question for multiple choice answers and note the correct one in your email. Don't forget your name and gamer tag as well. JG, it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit here, doing some podcasting with you. Now that everybody has 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 gotten to like you and gotten to know you a little bit, give a plug for yourself on social media, your podcast, etc. Yes, well, hopefully everyone likes me. For all the people who end up watching this, they're like, who the heck are you? Uh, come look me up. So I am on pretty much all the social medias, Twitter, IG, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitch all under the name UTXJG the Don. Uh, mainly you can find me on Twitter and Twitch. Those are my most active platforms, but a lot of my short form content is also on IG and TikTok. Please check out my team, The Game Illuminati. I'm the co-founder. We are a group of people of color and our goal is to enlighten the youth. You can find us on Twitter, YouTube, IG, and TikTok under the name GI Updates. And also, more importantly, please check out the Game of Illuminati podcast that is our main source of entertainment and content at anchor.fm slash GI updates. Just keep in mind, we're in a transition period right now, so we are only available on Anchor and Spotify right now until we get everything moved over. Then we'll be on all of your other platforms, Apple, Google, uh, Stitcher, whatever you listen to your favorite podcast. Thank you. Sweet. Good stuff. Welcome. Thanks, you. Thanks for taking the time out to, to hang with us. We appreciate it. Miranda. You can find me at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with a K on Instagram. Co-host, trying new social media platforms while Twitter goes to whatever. Um, and then also Twitter, of course. I'm also on Twitch, and right now I am actually replaying through Gears of War with my twin sister. One? She got Yeah, nice. we start with Ultimate Edition. I'm so excited. She got her first chainsaw kill, and I was just like, I'm so proud of you. They grew um, up so fast. Really? Uh, anyway, so we're doing that. But then, of course, for IGN, we have tons of guides happening, so please check them out. We're working really, really hard on them. And if you have any help or any questions or any guide requests as well like for instance we haven't started one on pentiment but if there's interest might do one um but if you need help just take a look at our guides excellent destin yeah you can find me on twitter at destin legary i do youtube stuff sometimes over at youtube.com slash the destin channel and a big thank you to anybody listening who ordered cookies this year uh for november we're doing a little bit of a discount we're doing five dollars off of every single order Ooh. So if you order anything at LeGarryBakery.com, we're just giving you $5 off. And if you do a larger order of six products or more, we're doing $10 off. Just to say thanks, because uh, the cookie thing did better than we expected. And just thank you so much for you know supporting that initiative that my wife and I put together at the beginning of the year. Love it. As for me, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. I'll probably stay there till it burns to the ground because... <laughs> That's where people follow me, so I'm just going to do that. Um, as I mentioned, you can read my review or watch my review of Somerville on IGN or on IGN's YouTube channel. And our Atomic Heart IGN first month rolls on. 
our UK team uh, has been checking out the game and is putting up a bunch of cool features. So don't miss those in the same place on IGN.com or YouTube.com slash IGN. And I think that'll do it. So for JG, Miranda, and Destin, I'm Ryan, and our super producer, Red. Big thanks to him literally behind that wall. Uh, <laughs> this was Unlocked 570, and we will... Yes, we will be here next week. We decided that next week's... I can't believe next week's Thanksgiving already. It feels like it's early, but that's what's happening. And we're going to... But we'll have a show next week. So no, no interruption in your unlock schedule. We'll see you then.